Welcome to another life-impacting message from City Light Church, North Adelaide. You can find more great things like this at citylight.church slash North Adelaide. All right. So today we are, we're moving on from the prophet series that we finished off last week into a, a more Christmassy themed. Um, the psalm I'm reading today is Psalm 150. It's the very last psalm in the, Bible, the book of Psalms. And it's very appropriate for this time of Thanksgiving that we just had. So first reading today comes from Psalm 150, which is chapter nine, uh, sorry, page 983. Um, so Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and flute. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Our second reading is coming from Matthew chapter 2, 1 through 12. So that's Matthew chapter 2. All right, Matthew chapter 2, 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who is born, the king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judea. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. When they had opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and incense of myrrh, and of myrrh, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Thanks for reading, Ruth, and thank you to everyone who shared this morning, uh, to those who got at the front and shared about the things they're thankful for. So many things to be thankful for. Um, across our whole lives, but particularly even just in the last 12 months. So um, perhaps you can keep talking about those. Uh, for those who don't know who I am, I'm Simon. Uh, people call me Jacko, lead pastor here at City Light Church, North Adelaide. It's nice to be together in this way. Um, if you're new and visiting us, oh, I'd love to get to know you. Um, I might go and hang at the back door after the gathering finishes. So come and, you know, track me down. Um, I'd love to meet you and um, see how you're tracking. Um, we are, as Ruth mentioned, we finished our series in the 12 Minor Prophets last week and we are gearing up for Christmas. Good to sing some Christmas carols. Um, we got in ahead of the Adelaide, you know, carols by candlelight tonight, I think it's on. Um, so, you know, 
come here to sing carols, not down there. You know, we do it better anyway. Um, so, again, good to sing together. Um, we are... Yeah, we're just going to have a week this week looking at um, just the part of the, the Christmas story. Uh, and um, I did say to someone this morning, my sermon is short. Um, and people look at me and go, short and Jacko? Is that even possible? I just want to let you know, just to reassure you, normally on my device that I go from, I have about 18 pages of notes. This morning, it's just seven. So technically, it could be really short as long as I don't ad-lib, right? Yeah, there you go. Um, but just a guarantee, like, I'm, it's not gonna be too long. Anyway, um, we're in this, uh, obviously, Christmas season, gearing up for remembering the birth of our Saviour, and so we're just gonna take some time out this morning to just think a little bit about that passage from Matthew, um, the Magi meeting the King of Kings. Um, I want you to turn to the person next to you really briefly, and here's the question for this morning. Are you easy to buy presents for, or are you difficult to buy presents for? It's Christmas time, we're all buying gifts for one another, and are you the difficult one? I've no idea what to get that person. Or are you like, yeah, easy, here's a list of 5,000 things that I'd love, you know? Who are you? Turn to the person next to you. Are you difficult to give presents to? Are you easy to give presents to? We'll come back in about a minute or two. Go, have a crack. Let's come back together. Uh, let's do a little, let's do a straw poll so we know who we're dealing with. Uh, who's, who's easy to give gifts to? Who's just like, yeah, up the back, couple of people, like hardly any. There you go. Um, who's difficult? And yeah, right. Difficult, yeah, difficult, easy, difficult. Rightio, we're a bit of a mixed bag. Um, I'm at that, I feel like I'm at that age now where like, you know, I'm, I was cruising around Kmart yesterday looking for water balloons for my son's birthday party yesterday and I went through the toy section trying to find these wretched balloons and then found out they've sold out, which, you know, I can... But anyway, I was passing by all these, like, incredibly cool remote control cars and, like, monster trucks and I'm like, I want one of those for Christmas. I'll just give it to Fletcher, you know, and then I get to work out and I'll just run the batteries dry. Now I'm at that boring, I feel like I'm getting a bit boring, I'm at that boring age where Adele said the other day, what do you want for Christmas, Simon? And I said, oh look, I don't really need anything. No, she says, like, you've got to tell me, what do you want? Like, give me one thing. And I'm like, I'd like a ladder. <laughs> and she looked at me and said, are you for real? Like, <laughs> I want a ladder. So if you're looking for a gift for me, no, no, don't, don't. I don't need more than one ladder. Anyway, let's pray as we come to God's word this morning uh, and ask God to speak to us afresh. Gracious Heavenly Father, we pray this morning that by your spirit and through your word, we, we pray that we would see Jesus, we'd hear Jesus and love Jesus and worship him as king with our whole lives. We Thank you for this season of Advent and Christmas where we remember afresh 
the first coming of your son, the Lord Jesus, to save us from our sins. And we, Father, we also remember this period of Advent where we long for Jesus' second coming, where he will once and for all deal with sin and evil and bring about the new creation. Father, I pray that all of us in this room would find ourselves in Christ, trusting in him, living for Jesus, loving like Jesus, that we would do that, Father, today and, Father, for all our days into eternity. And so we pray, Father, speak to us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, it's only about 14 days, and then we're going to be in the middle of one of those famous, favourite Christmas traditions where we're going to be exchanging gifts. And a few moments ago, when Ruth was up here and she read from Matthew chapter 2, we read about the first ever Christmas gift exchange. Magi travelled from the east to find a king. God's creation guided them to the palace in Jerusalem. And then God's word guided them to a humble home, a stable in Bethlehem. And arriving at Jesus' house, they're overjoyed and they bow down and worshipped. And they opened their treasure and presented Jesus with gold, frankincense and myrrh. The first ever Christmas gift exchange. If you're like me, it can be a struggle, right, to find the perfect gift. For some people, it's so easy. They love getting presents, pretty much any present whatsoever. They spend all their year dropping hints, perhaps even putting up a list up around mid-November. Really easy. The hardest people, though, to give gifts to are the people who already have so much. So I want you to think, I want us to think for a moment about the challenge that the Magi faced on that first Christmas. What are they going to give this baby? What are they going to give the king of the world? What are they going to give God come down? What do you give the one who has it all? Well, two weeks out from Christmas, it's a question I think we'd all do well to answer. What do you give the one who has it all? You know, God made the universe, yes? So Psalm 50 reminds us that God doesn't need anything from us because God says the whole world is mine and everything in it. He has everything. What do you give the one who has it all? What can I give to God himself? What can you give to God himself? And the answer for all of us is there in that first exchange of gifts, that first Christmas gift exchange. When the Magi turned up, Now, you notice the gifts they gave, the gold, the frankincense, and myrrh. But we might have missed the exchange. You see, the Magi gave their gifts after God had already given his gift. At Christmas, we remember God giving his son to us. At Christmas, we remember the God who had it all, who gave it all, for all. In Jesus, God gave his all. The child in that manger in Bethlehem was Emmanuel, which means God with us. The Magi, they bow down and worship this little baby. They treat him like God. At Christmas, we remember God's gift of himself. Now, God could have looked down at us right from a distance, gazed at us from the comfort of heaven, at the hopeless mess we'd made of his good world, but he didn't. 
didn't send an angel on his behalf. They just announced the way. They didn't come. He didn't just pay a passing visit. He saw the brokenness of our world and he decided to join in. And in Jesus, God gave nothing less than his all. God gave us his all because that was the present that we needed, even if it wasn't the present we really wanted. I am, um, at Christmas time, various kind of great quotes from great theologians and stuff kind of come to my mind afresh. Quotes that have sort of dropped out of my head for the rest of the year and then they sort of drift back in when I start to think about God with us in the incarnation and all those sorts of things. One quote that keeps coming back to me every time and I really should have a better way of listing where my quotes are because I start scratching around for it, kind of work out where it is and it becomes more hard work than it really needs to be. But one is um, from a guy named John Stott, um, who wrote a great book called Basic Christianity. And he writes this about the, the beauty of God who comes down to be amongst us in the mess of the world that we've made it. He writes this, uh, you might resonate. Quote, many people visualize a God who sits comfortably on a distant throne, remote, aloof, uninterested, and indifferent to the needs of mortals until it may be they can badger him into taking action on their behalf. Such a view is wholly false. The Bible reveals a God who long before it even occurs to man to turn to him, while man is still lost in darkness and sunk in sin, takes the initiative, rises from his throne, lays aside his glory and, so and stoops to seek until he finds him. End quote. Isn't that great? We have this perception that God is far off and distant and disinterested. And yet, before we've even kind of come to him, God in his great love and mercy and compassion and grace stoops down, comes in, lays aside his throne in order to come and seek and save the lost. It's wonderful. The baby who would be called Jesus, he would save his people from their sins. You see, we were made to love God and to give ourselves selflessly for, to the good of others in that honouring other image makers. Our failure to wholeheartedly love God with everything and our failure and unwillingness to love others as we like to be loved, our sin ruins life here. Our sin destroys joy and fun and satisfaction and peace. Even more, sin destroys hope. Because one day we will get what our sins earn and we'll be cut off eternally from life and blessing. And yet God gave his all. God gave himself, his one and only precious son, because nothing less could save us. Nothing less than him living as one of us, living perfectly without sin and then dying to save us. In Jesus, God gave his all. In Jesus, God gave to all. At Christmas, we remember that Jesus is for everyone. All of creation at Christmas time got involved in Jesus' birth. The stars in the sky. Um, do you notice that a few stars have appeared in the room since last week? I really like that. Um, you know, I feel like there's this growing kind of 
Christmas narrative growing in our room. Um, it was lights and Christmas trees, and now there's stars in the room. There are not those particular stars, but there are stars in the sky when Jesus was born, and they all align to draw attention to the born, the king who's just been born. He came to shepherd God's special people, but not just Israel. The Magi, they come from the east. Is that the east? Yeah, the east. They come from the east. Now, the vagueness of where they exactly came from and who they exactly are is actually no accident. They represent those who are furthest away. And I think you'll agree, people in our eastern suburbs are the furthest people away. No, just joking. Welcome if you're from the eastern suburbs. They represent the people who are just furthest away kind of geographically. Not long ago, right, we studied the words of of Micah as we went through our Books We Don't Read series. In Micah chapter 5, a prophecy written 750 years before the first Christmas, where it declares that Jesus' greatness will be known to the ends of the earth, the furthest reaches. We sing carols. We sing carols of shepherds who were on the fringe of normal society, coming to see and worship Jesus. What's the point of this strange and eclectic mix of people? It reminds us, it teaches us, it shows us that Jesus came for all. He came for the rich, he came for the poor, he came for the young, he came for the old, he came for the naughty, not looking at any particular people in the room, and the nice. Doesn't matter who you are. Jesus is the gift you need because he's God's gift to you and hope for all. Because no matter who you are, you will never rise to eternal glory and joy without him. The writer of the Narnia series, um, C.S. Lewis, describes beautifully again what it's like for God giving his all. And he describes it like a diver diving down into the depths of the ocean to find that pearl. It's a beautiful picture. He writes this in his book, Miracles. Quote, he comes down down from the heights of absolute being into time and space, down into humanity, down further still to the very roots and seabed of the nature he has created. But he goes down to come back up again and bring the whole ruined world up with him. He, speaking about God, Jesus is like a diver, first reducing himself to nakedness, rushing down through green and warm water into black and cold water, down through increasing pressure into the death-like region of ooze and slime and old decay, and then up again, back to color and light, his lungs almost bursting till suddenly he breaks the surface again, holding in his hand the dripping, precious thing that he went down to recover. Isn't that great? In the depths of the ocean, right? Light doesn't penetrate. In the depths of the ocean, you can't see the diver's skill and power and finesse. Down there, down there the pearl doesn't shimmer beautifully and brilliantly. And yet God gave himself, coming into the deep oceans of our broken, sin-ravaged, disrupted world. And when he came down, we couldn't see all of his glory, but only by giving of himself could he lift us up, 
Give us hope again and a beauty that we will never experience here. God gave his all to all. So what could we possibly give to him? What could we possibly give to him? What can you give to the one who gave his all for all? God calls us to give our all to him. The Magi showed us the way, didn't they? They brought gifts of gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. Some people have made a big deal of these gifts, but the gold, to, to honour a king. The frankincense, which when burnt, creates a sweet odour for ritual prayer and honouring of God. The myrrh, a perfume used to embalm dead bodies, surely pointing us to what Jesus actually came to do, to lay his life down sacrificially for sinners like you and me, to reunite us to God. But here's the thing. The real gift they gave can't be neatly wrapped up, can't be neatly put into a beautiful bag. Matthew repeats the word twice so we don't miss it. Matthew chapter 2, verse 2 Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. What do the Magi give that can't be wrapped up neatly with a bow on the top? They give worship. Worship of the king. They seek Jesus to worship. They meet the person of Jesus and they worship. Worship, by the way, is more than singing Christmas carols and saying prayers. Worship is all of life, 24-7. All of life. Just hand it over to the Lord. Use me, Lord. I'm, I'll live my whole life in worship of you, not just on Sunday, but Sunday tipping out into Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and all of life. Worship is treating someone as the single most important thing in your life. Worship is saying, everything I have is yours. I hold nothing back. That's why in the old version of the wedding vows, they have a husband vowing to a wife and a wife vowing to their husband. They say, with my body, I worship you. I give you my whole self. Worshiping is giving your all. It's having Christ as the first thought of the day. It's having Christ as the last thought of the day. It's letting him direct your time and your money and your energy and your choices and your relationships, not just during Advent, not just on Christmas Day, but on every day. And worship starts, brothers and sisters, when we realize we haven't just broken God's laws, we realize we've broken his heart. And yet he's made a way back for us. God doesn't need anything from us, but he wants us. That's why he gave his all to save us. He came to be with us because he wants us. He wants you. He wants me in glory with him forever. You see, at Christmas, we remember the God who had it all, who gave it all, for all. So brothers and sisters, this Christmas, give Jesus your all. 
It's as much a message to me as it is to you. The God who had it all, gave it all, for all. And in light of that, he calls us to give him our all. Will you pray with me? Let's pray and ask God to help us to do that. Let's pray. Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And Father, we thank you that in this first ever gift exchange, we learn so many things. Not only do we learn about the kingship of Jesus and that he holds the world in his hands, we are reminded this morning that he is the one who came from glory into our broken, messed up, ruined world in order to redeem the whole of creation and to bring people like us back into relationship with you. Father, we thank you that even in that gift of myrrh, we see a precursor of what your son, the Lord Jesus, came to do, to lay his life down on an old wooden cross, to die the death we deserved because we lived the life that we could never live. We thank you afresh this morning for Jesus, his perfect life, his sin-crushing death and his death-crushing resurrection. Father, thank you that Jesus came from glory, laid aside his throne, stooped down to meet us in our real need. And Father, we just thank you and praise you afresh for your grace and mercy. And Father, in light of your grace and mercy, empower us by your Holy Spirit to live for Jesus, to love like Jesus, not just in this Advent season, not just at Christmas time, but all the time and all our days until we see Jesus and enjoy him forever. We thank you for the reminder, Father, that you have come, you've given your son for all people. Father, the rich and the poor, the young and the old, the naughty and the nice. And so, Father, please, by your Spirit, empower us, set us alight this Advent season and this Christmas time to be on mission, sharing the good news of Jesus with those around us at work, at home, at rest, at play. Father, we long to see men and women come to know the Lord Jesus Christ this Christmas. And so we thank you that you gave your Son We thank you that we, through him, may have real life and real hope again. Holy Spirit, work in us that this Christmas we might find real joy, lasting peace, and genuine satisfaction in you. And this we ask in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from City Light Church, North Adelaide. We hope you found it helpful and we'd love for you to share this message with others. For more great content, more information about City Light Church, or to donate to the work of City Light Church North Adelaide, visit us at citylight.church/northadelaide.